This podcast is rated X. Everything happens so fast. Oh God! For brief moments of S and M and sexual role reversal. Oh, Not that there's anything wrong with that. Red Raiders. Hello. Thread Raiders. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, freaks and geeks, one and all, welcome to the Thread Raiders podcast. What started as a small uprising on Twitter has turned into a movement to spread goodwill among all creators, with the occasional side quest for eye black and shoulder pads. <laughs> I get it. I am one of your hosts, Fenwald Griswick. And I am Chaotic Anarchy. And today we have a special guest host. Everybody say hello to TK. TK! <laughs> hello! Hi, peoples of the interwebs. <laughs> you should know me by now. I'm He's everywhere. Back. He hasn't gotten tired of us yet. I'm surprised. Now, I want to start off by saying that uh, we actually have become so popular uh, that we only had to pay $5 to be reviewed by somebody. And so we had ourselves <laughs> reviewed, and the guy came back, and he told us that we were doing a fantastic job, except for the Fabulous. one thing that we always forget to do is to actually introduce who our guest host is and why they're important. So this is TK. Uh, you can find him <laughs> on Twitter at uh, Canthos88. And of course, Canthos uh, is uh, in reference to Telemachos Canthos, the godfather of Cypriot painting, uh, <laughs> mostly remembered for his beige period immediately following the Turkish invasion of Cyprus. And he's dating a vampire. He's husband oh, to, yes, a right. mostly, married. to married a mostly to a vampire. docile vampire. That that's does correct. not sparkle. Yes. We have to make that accurate. He's also a writer of LARP porn. And oh let me God. ask you this. Wait a minute. Do you have like a room in your house just dedicated to the Gilmore Girls? Uh, no, I have an entire shelf dedicated to the Gilmore Girls. <laughs> a shelf. Okay. Yeah, I'll watch it if Mandy is. But normally, uh, see, she has her shelf of Gilmore Girls stuff and the shirts and everything. I just have a shelf of all my nice D&D stuff that there will be a sign on soon that says, Touch this and you lose a finger with a nice little guillotine. See, you're lucky because most guys, when they get married, their wife puts all of their D&D stuff in a, in a round basket and then puts it out by the curb. And that's, that's where you keep your D&D stuff. I went to a storage unit and then my dad's like, hey, um, I have 15 <laughs> giant totes in my attic. I'm getting rid of them. It's your old D&D books. Like, no, no, I, I'm, I need those to move to my storage unit. Wow. Is any of that like collectible stuff that you could sell on eBay? Some of the second edition books probably because I still have a mint condition second edition dungeon master's guide uh, I have a bunch on my bookshelf right now all the original leather bound adventures manuals so for the rest of our podcast uh, we have an interview this week with yes, uh, walk, we do. walk virus gaming yes uh, we had so much fun homebrew GM and voice artist extraordinaire make sure you listen to the whole thing because there's voice wars Yes, at one point, uh, we make it seem like we're going to end the interview, and then we go for another seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so good. We also have a couple of news stories today, uh, followed immediately by our new segment, Tea Time. And, of course, we're going to end things up with uh, What's in the Box? What's the box? Do we want to start with news? So, Griswicks, it is football season. Is it? Yeah, you doing fantasy football this year? I try and stay away from such things. 
<laughs> I, I get really uh, super competitive and, you know, that has led me to say awful things to people in the past. So I have to uh, I have to be careful what I get involved with. Well, I hear that in Mississippi, Kaylee Foster does more than the boot scoot boogie. Like many high schools, Ocean Springs High School in Ocean Springs, Mississippi, crowns the homecoming queen prior to a football game because the crowd's already there. So you've already done all the work. Well, Kaylee Foster was shocked to become the homecoming queen in front of a crowd of all of her friends and family, and then immediately had to run out onto the football field, kick two field goals, and the game-winning extra point because she is the kicker for the football team. Nice. Good on her. That's really cool. Yeah, for real. She's super cute, too, in the picture. Uh, She was able to bring the Greyhounds to a 2-2 record by defeating Crosstown Rivals by a final score of 13-12. They spotted her on the soccer team, apparently, and she was uh, drafted. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, hey, you're a really good kicker. This guy sucks. You're on our team now. (laughs) You see that thing with the net you just put the ball in? What if that was higher? (laughs) Look, it's like a net, but bigger. (laughs) So some people spend a lifetime trying to find their biological family members. However, I found out this guy in Wisconsin just recently found his in the most weirdest way. So there is a gentleman who lives in Tilden, Wisconsin. His name is Nathan Boos. And it was no secret to him growing up that he was adopted. Uh, loves his, his adopted family. Uh, they're all very close, and he's always been okay with that. Um, he went to work after high school for a company called the Rock Solid Transportation Company in Chippewa Falls. And uh, while he was there, he made a ton of friends like you do when you go to work. Especially one particular friend, a guy by the name of Bob. Drivers very rarely see each other, uh, but when they did, they always had a, a real good blast. And so, like you do with your friends, you invite them to Facebook. Well, one day, Nathan's adopted mother was thumbing through his Facebook friends and noticed that he was best friends with Bob, his biological father. That's crazy. That's just weird as hell right so weird hi i'm your drinking buddy i'm actually your dad too sorry about (laughs) those you know missing 30 years of your life and everything surprise (laughs) there's a country there's a another beer uh, there's a johnny cash song that goes like that but it was called a boy named sue and he ended up (laughs) shooting his dad (laughs) well this is about a boy named boo so there you go i'm just saying it it fits the country song if only this had happened in kentucky So I know by working in the restaurant business, one of the favorite downtime moments for servers is actually getting the chance to munch on some grub. So I see that there is an article here about grocery store worker who ended up eating quite a lot of deli meat. Yes. uh, So there is a gentleman who uh, lives in Canton, Ohio, and he worked in a deli for eight years. And every day he would nosh on a little slice of ham here and there. Uh, well, sadly, he had a falling out with his boss, and uh, the boss decided you know, to fire him, so sent him packing. And then uh, a couple days later, uh, this gentleman received a, a letter in the mail saying that he was being sued by oh, the company uh, for theft of $9,000 in ham slices. What the hell? <laughs> the world is so weird why are we weird <laughs> I mean, we're, we're not the only weird ones i mean if you, yeah. you think about it there there are 
entire subgroups of animals that are weirder than us. <laughs> well, apparently there's a whole subgroup of animals that are worth more than us because I've been trying to figure out how how much ham you would have to eat to get to nine grand. And I assure you that it's more than eight years worth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, unless they have golden pigs in Canton, Ohio. I don't see how this is happening. I mean, anything's possible. Yeah, but the well, question is, do know. they fly? <laughs> it's imported ham from, you know, Cyprus. It's <laughs> it's that it's like not really ham, it's that kind of like weird Italian ham where you look at it like is this really meat? You mean sham. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to think how to make this one. This one's kind of, this one is very exciting. So Griswicks. Yes, ma'am. Tell me more about this klepto in Portland. <laughs> 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 uh, I'm just thinking somebody's trying to steal freaking Starbucks. <laughs> In last week's episode, uh, I promised that this week we would talk about Portland, Tennessee, because they were snubbed during the course of our podcast. And so, true to my word, I went out and looked for news from the strawberry capital of Tennessee. There was a gentleman who lives in Portland, Tennessee. His name is Austin Tyler Hinton. And uh, at the ripe old age of 25, he is, like most young men, obsessed with his car. Um, loves tuning it up, loves tweaking it, loves adding things to it. Well, when I say car, I don't really mean car, I mean SUV. Uh, he's added in the most recent years a, a roof rack. Due to his profession, he has also added a ladder. And he also has a front grill brush guard. Let me repeat that. It's a front grill brush guard on an SUV. And you might be thinking to yourself, oh, sure, every SUV comes with that. No, no, you're wrong. No SUV on the planet has a front grill brush guard except for this one SUV. And so you can imagine it was quite easy for the police to identify this particular SUV when it showed up to a church and stole... <laughs> A trailer uh, from the back of uh, this church area. The trailer contained uh, a bunch of tools and some other stuff. Nothing really amazing, but the trailer itself was worth several thousand dollars. And so, rightly, the police were very interested in finding the crook. Is he stupid? Yeah. That is a distinct possibility. Yep. He was, ar he was arrested in August. Uh, his trial began this week. He pled not guilty. Oh, my God. <laughs> is, was he born in Portland, Tennessee, or was he born in a small town called Rockwood? Because I got family down there, and that sounds like some shit they would do. He might be your biological father, maybe. <laughs> yeah, right. No, no uh, as uh, my grandmother, as or my my mom's mom has multiple times said, I'm either the milkman's son, the postman's son, or um, that guy from down the street. <laughs> <laughs> So you know, TK, what's really weird? What's that, CA? Exorcisms. <laughs> I mean, they are weird, but they're also fantastic if done right. Oh, do you know how to perform exorcisms, TK? I've studied it, yeah. It's a whole other life. I don't know about TK. I love this podcast. <laughs> well, TK, we might actually have a client for you. Yes. Uh, her name is Bertha Osejo. This has to be um, my favorite story. It's hilarious. And she is quite possibly possessed by a demon. She has had some several brushes with the law um, and has decided that she wants to go clean uh, by having an exorcism in Mexico. 
And so she went to a friend of hers, a 70-year-old man uh, with whom she had a restraining order, and uh, asked him for the money to go to Mexico in order to engage in the exorcism, to be rid of her demon forever. And when he declined, she ripped out his colostomy bag, <laughs> threw it around his house, and then was arrested when he called the police. And so what? <laughs> That's not possessed by a demon. That's just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, potato, potato. It's horrible. <laughs> I just in my mind. It's so funny. Um, in my head, it's just, like I feel bad for the guy who's cleaning his house. Yeah. Like, just everywhere. It's like it's like it's- the shock when somebody's stealing your costume bag. <laughs> oh, so that was our last article. That's right. And so you know. Uh, there is an advertisement on my screen I'm very excited about. The Harry Potter um, cooperative deck building game has now come out with an expansion that you guys can buy. Oh, that is cool. Yeah, highly recommend it. It's a great game. I am still trying to find a way to get a, a game once it arrives down to UCA so we can play it together. Which one? Uh, Armor Digital. And then I realized just how fucking big it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. Like, I'm going to put this all in a bag. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to get one of those fancy luggage things, and that would just be all I bring. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We're going to have so much fun. I can't wait. Although, by the time we see each other, we're going to have, like, huge bags and boxes of things. <laughs> that, Mr. <I'm>... Pib. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that, that I'm going to have delivered because, like, ooh, I can have this delivered to your door? Sweet! Uh, so now we're going to uh, do our brand new segment, which is called Voice Wars. Really? TK! <laughs> Arnold Palmer, go! There's <laughs> <laughs> not a sound like Arnold Palmer. The drink, not the golfer. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I could make one. I have to stop. <laughs> yeah, no, we need the glub glub. Glub glub. Yes. Oh, that was perfect. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And now we're going to have our interview with Walk Virus Gaming, who has stopped by today to talk about his life, his times, and uh, what's coming up in the future. So what's up, Walk? How you doing? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. How about yourself? Excellent. We are super excited to have you here on the Thread Raiders podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, what would you like to know? Oh, what have you been doing on Twitch? Uh, mainly just streaming whatever the heck I feel like. You know, Breath of the Wild. Uh, probably going to stream Darksiders 3 when that comes out because I need oh, I need so Fury. Cool. Yes. <laughs> yes. I heard that's going to be a really good game. Uh, it looks really, really good. Mm-hmm. I also have a weekly D&D livecast game that I play with Terminally Nerdy and Savrick. Nice. Yeah. And that's on your Twitch channel? Yes. Cool. Every Thursday at about 7.30 Eastern. Now, are you the DM of that game or one of the players? I am indeed. Okay. One of the things I really like about Virus's games is that he does a lot of voice acting, if you couldn't tell. I mean, maybe just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> or just a little lot. <laughs> just as long as I don't do Randy Savage again. By any chance, do you have a dragon that is also Christopher Walken? Well, I mean, he hasn't come up yet. 
You probably but, should have uh, told him that before we interviewed him. <laughs> eventually, there might be a dragon that is uh, Christopher Walken. Yes. <laughs> He's one of my favorites. <laughs> Christopher Walken is a gem. <laughs> <laughs> An American treasure, that's right. What is it you like about voice acting? I know you're aspiring to be one, according to your Twitter page. I really like entertaining people mm-hmm. and... That's pretty much just one of the things that always fascinated me for the longest time I can remember is just doing weird voice things. It actually kind of started with Robin Williams and watching Aladdin. Yes, the genie. Because just seeing him hop between all of those different things, I'm just like, wow, <laughs> that's amazing. Here, 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 here. Everywhere. <laughs> that's funny because when I hear Robin Williams flip from thing to thing, I think, wow, that's a lot of coke. <laughs> Oh, my God. (laughs) True story. No. (laughs) Have you ever seen any of those YouTube videos where uh, the voice actors, like, do, like, a run of, like, 38 different voices? I have. Can you do that? Probably not as good. (laughs) It doesn't have to be. My point was that, you know, for your YouTube channel, it might actually be, like... A really cool thing yeah. to do like D voices like how to how to voice different npcs because mm-hmm. a lot of people just kind of throw their hands in the air and they're like oh you know and he says blah but you know like when you really get into it like that it really adds flavor to your game it really does yeah it it can really add flavor the big thing with that is that it's obviously another skill you just have to practice there's not like an easy step-by-step thing to that because it has to be tailored to your specific vocal range that's true yeah i can't do the more manly voices in my streams unfortunately i would love to be able to do that that would be cool that would be neat yeah i do an amazing marilyn monroe i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do it here i save well, it for... you can't i made him the you dress can't and everything. just drop that and then not do it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh i started something oh see now you're on the spot grizz happy birthday <laughs> Mr. President. <laughs> this has to be my favorite interview. Do you have the pickles? <laughs> it, not, they're basically the same voice no, if it, you think about it's it. It's really not at all. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll work on it. I'll, it'll get better. I what don't is, know. I, I do an okay Mickey Mouse, but that's about it. What is your favorite voice to act? Oh... That's a really, really tough one because my attention just goes everywhere, <laughs> so I never really have a favorite. It kind of just, what what feels right at that particular time? I thought it might be Willy Wonka. See, I can't do a Willy Wonka voice. That's the sad <gasps> part. I cannot, I cannot do Gene Wilder because I refuse to tarnish his glorious <laughs> interpretation. Grizz, you don't know this, but he loves Willy Wonka. Is that a fact? Yes. Yes. That's delicious. And you cosplayed as Willy Wonka, right? Uh, I will be at KomoriCon this year, yes. Yes. That's so cool. I saw the, the picture you had posted. The outfit looks amazing. Yeah, it looks pretty decent. Yeah. Do you need a do you need a Veruca? Because I might be available for that. <laughs> that would that would both be hilarious and maybe just a little terrifying. <laughs> so tell us more about the game that you DM. What's it about? It's it's a homebrew world. I essentially just gathered up a few people. It started out as kind of more a story about the group becoming avatars of gods. After they finished that, I was not expecting them to want to keep going, but they did. So now one of them has a duchy 
<laughs> that they actually own and is being beset by orc hordes. They also managed to piss off two devils. Oh no, <laughs> that's never good. So now they've got devils and orcs simultaneously attacking the duchy. Now let me ask you this. So you said that um, they're being besieged. So basically they're like trapped somewhere like in a in a city or something like that? No, they're or the character's entire duchy. So like his entire land because he was a wealthy landowner when he came in at like ah. 15th level. <laughs> Gotcha. And it's being beset by orcs and devils on all sides. So they were trying to run around and put out fires until they're like, we need to just find the source. Because <laughs> I always thought that would be kind of interesting. It, what if you were like trapped inside of a city and, you know, the city was being besieged by somebody and you had to like run your entire campaign within the confines of a single city? See, that would be a really, really good idea for a low level campaign. And if I were to start one, I might consider doing that mm -hmm. if I ever had time. But like high level, that's that's a joke. Oh, you're stuck in a city. I cast Meteor Swarm. <laughs> <laughs> you have no more farmland. Congratulations. <laughs> So what you're saying is that 5e is too powerful uh, and has too many instagibs. It has it has some pretty pretty instagib for low level things late game. Like I did not appreciate it as much, but it just makes designing things more interesting. Because <laughs> then it's like okay, you throw fodder at them to make them waste big things, and then it's like oh look, after you bothered to waste that, guess what shows up. <laughs> surprise you're just proving my point that gandalf could very easily have uh just defeated everyone in the lord of the rings and then that would have been the end of it <laughs> no this needed to be frodo's victory <laughs> <laughs> and you can also see the picture with your patreon what are some of the things you offer on there uh so one of the things that i do offer on my like five dollar tier mm -hmm. is up to i believe it's like up to a minute of just recorded whatever in like a voice that you can choose oh that's cool uh, aside from that i just have like a monthly hangout that i tend to do do you have like a list of voices you know i probably should put that but i usually just talk to people about what they <laughs> like because some of it it's just like well they don't actually they're not actually characters they're just weird variants of things <laughs> Although, obviously, I should put up to one minute of just Randy Savage message board. <laughs> Ooh, yee! <laughs> now, you also um, game with a lot of people in the community, but I noticed that, like, Savrick is a good friend of yours, right? Yes. How did you guys meet? Uh, we actually met through Terminally Nerdy Clay. <laughs> who, I had, who I had met very shortly after I started YouTube when he was starting his YouTube channel back in the day. And it just kind of grew from there. Like randomly he directed Savrick to me on Twitter and I started talking with Savrick. And then it's like, you're pretty cool. You want to play in my game? <laughs> yeah, I want to play in your game. <laughs> and you've been friends ever since. Yes. That's what I really love about the community is like all the different people that you can meet and the friendships that you build. That is a fantastic part of the community in general is that most people are very, very friendly. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm in it for the pizza topping recipes. Uh, well, what's your pizza topping? Bacon. Oh, my God. And? No, that's it. No, pineapple. Straight bacon. Pineapple. Pineapple. 
straight bacon like into your veins. That's the best way to do it. You will one day eat pineapple on a pizza. I, it's going to happen. Whether it happens by accident, I don't know. I can't even eat pineapple on a pineapple upside down cake. How am I going to handle it on a pizza? Uh, well, if you don't know it's there, it won't hurt you. Mm. <laughs> Pureed oh, pineapple mixed in with the sauce. That's the only way it's going to happen. <laughs> Now, you've been playing RPGs for a while now, Virus, right? Uh, I have been playing for a decent amount of time. I want to say like off and on probably the past like seven to eight-ish years. Okay. So what edition did you start off with for Dungeons & Dragons? For Dungeons & Dragons, I particularly started off like fully playing in 4th Ed. Okay. I had I had done a little bit in 3.5, but it was a lot of just like here's a pre-gen character yeah, who's right. like just go. And I'm like, okay, this seems cool. And then the party that I was playing with just never could play again. <laughs> <laughs> now we've talked to a bunch of people on this podcast about the differences between uh fourth edition and fifth edition. Uh what are your thoughts on that? So fourth edition I feel is a really, really good like it was a really good way to kind of merge two different genres together. It definitely wasn't the original style that like 3.5 was because it was very oversimplified and very, very like grid-based, although 3.5 was pretty (laughs) grid-based. But I personally think that 4th Ed was a good starting point for a lot of people. It's what got a lot of newer people into it. And then transitioning into 5th Ed, where it was kind of like a melding down of 4th Ed and 3.5, I feel was a really, really smart move on their part. 5th mm-hmm. Ed feels very, very, very vague in some aspects, but that's almost good because it allows for a lot more creative freedom. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's good for those who are just starting out, too, to introduce them to the game. The way that it's broken oh, down definitely. seems, yeah, very very simple for people to catch on to, which is good. The other real big problem that I think 4th Ed suffered from, aside from being too drastic of a change, like almost immediately, is that they made things almost more complicated in how simplified it was. <laughs> <laughs> like 3.5 had a lot of complication with the skill system and how like you had to break everything down, but 4th Ed it was like, okay... We know you don't like to do math, so let's do some math. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Now, do you feel like Dungeons and Dragons is more like your favorite RPG, or do you prefer like some other systems, like maybe Numera? After after playing Numenera, I do really like Numenera. Mm -hmm. I feel the most comfortable in Fifth Ed, simply because I understand most of the rules and how things work. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot to be said about other systems, and it kind of just depends on what you're going for, really. Like, sometimes just D20 systems don't mesh well with people, so maybe you'd prefer something like Vampire the Masquerade or any of the other, like, D10 systems. Although most... There are some people who like Shadowrun. I'm not particularly fond of how overly complicated it is. I, I saw the character sheet and I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Hello, welcome what to Shadowrun. Would you like this app to help you make a character in four hours? <laughs> I'm sorry, you said with the app it's four hours? Yes. It is. It's so ridiculously complicated. CK pulled it up on the stream and I was like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> I, uh, I can't imagine doing all of that. Yeah, it's definitely a massive one. 
I would probably say that like D&D 5th Ed definitely is my favorite, although I am growing rather fond of Numenera and powered by the apocalypse systems, just for how basic and simple they seem. <laughs> and like the Call of Cthulhu is is a great game, but I if it had not been for Roll Twenty having the character sheet in there already, I don't. It would have been. It would have taken me forever with the percentages. Yeah, I've I've looked a little bit at Call of Cthulhu, and my brain just kind of went like, "You can't deal with this right now. Goodbye." <laughs> <laughs> I just can't imagine that people played it without without Roll Twenty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so thankful it was there. <laughs> it helps a lot. It really does <laughs> so much. So tell us more about this convention you're going to be cosplaying at. Have you been there before? Uh, I have. I've gone there just about every year for like the past, geez, I want to say like six years. Okay. Something like that. What is it you like about it? I just like going, seeing all the awesome costumes, uh, just hanging out and being a goofball in costume. <laughs> <laughs> and is there a lot of people that go there? There's a decent number. It's been growing steadily each year. I think the first like couple years that I went, there was only like two or three thousand attendees. Now I think it's like up to about four to six. Oh wow! Okay, so it is growing. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Now, does your wife go with you? She does. Oh, does she cosplay as well? She does. She actually <sighs> last year made like a ghost Pokemon trainer that just had like ten ghost Pokemon chilling out on it. Oh, that is so cool. <laughs> I would love to see that. That's pretty neat. <laughs> I will have to send you a picture later. Yay. Did it take her a long time to do? Pretty decent amount of time, yeah. Because we just do it all for funsies. I think it took her about like three months of solid work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. I, I felt that way with the open legend cosplay I did. I had no idea how long it was going to take me. Uh, and it did. It took me about like three to four months to complete it. That was insane. Yeah, it, it takes a while. Mm-hmm. It really does, especially with like foam. It, does she work with foam? She does not yet. Oh, that's a lot of work too. Foam is ridiculously complicated to work with sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I haven't even gotten into like sewing things together. That doesn't sound like something I want to do ever. <laughs> yeah, my wife does a lot more of the sewing things together. Oh, <laughs> oh I can't even get into that. That would be so much work. I had to do a lot of foam work for the Marilyn Monroe thing. But basically, <laughs> after that, it was just a white dress and a smile. <laughs> <laughs> the image in my mind is so wrong. <laughs> Please, no! <laughs> My eyes! <laughs> uh, so what are some other projects coming up? Anything we want to know about or how can we find you? Um, I am looking to potentially start a new campaign that Ooh. would be another like homebrew one. I'm not 100% sure until my brain finishes working through it mm -hmm. because ADHD is a terrible, terrible monster that will or that cannot be stopped. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is very true. <laughs> With any luck, though, it would be like a fifth ed homebrew like campaign featured in Final Fantasy VI's War of the Magi era. Okay. Uh, essentially there'd be like big, powerful magic beings that would be the main source of magic and okay. you'd have to partner up with them. So where can they find your channel? Uh, you can find me over on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the walking virus. And you can find me on Twitter at walk virus gaming. 
You can also find him on YouTube at UCO lowercase VWDK3. <laughs> you know what? I will we'll find, find it through Twitch. She'll find it through Twitch. Yeah, we'll that's fine. The link. It'll be in the show notes. <laughs> and also, uh, we would like to apologize to Call of Cthulhu and any other tabletop gaming <laughs> systems uh, that may one day be a sponsor of this podcast. Um, but frankly, if you had started paying us on uh, episode 20 like we'd asked, we could have avoided all of it. <laughs> Get on it. <laughs> we like to blackmail our sponsors. That's how we roll here. <laughs> Make sure you take this that out. This sounds like a job for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm deciding whether I have to bleep that or not. Oh, you probably would. You probably have to. That was pretty good. You notice I didn't bring up Star Wars, okay? They'll come after you for that too. So. Oh, can you do a Yoda? They own the world. <clears throat> Strong in the force you are. That was actually really good. That's not bad. Podcast good, I think. No, that didn't work for me. Boo. It <laughs> would have been funny. You know what? We should have we should have done it where like Voice um, Wars? Yes, you go off <laughs> voice work. <laughs> voice work. Improving it needs. <laughs> you can you can each pick like five different characters you think you can do and then you can yeah. voice off to each other. That'd be amazing. Two hours later. Voice number one, SD Scafalver. Go. <laughs> Who? <laughs> ah, winner. <laughs> no, you didn't even do it. Go Mis- on. Mr. President. <laughs> who are you talking about? I don't even know who that is, but yes, that cannot I be how I win by default. Sound. No, I think you made this preposterous That was perfect up. Midwestern accent. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Virus, go. Who's your person? Oh, God, I wish I could remember his name. Ah, screw it. I'll just be silly and do Nixon. I am not a crook. <laughs> Out of all the people he picked as Nixon, that's hilarious. <laughs> it's like he peered into my soul and said, who would upset this man the most? Nixon. <laughs> Fine. I'll be Spiro Agnew. Mr. President, get out. Spot on. It's exactly like I'm from Baltimore. No. Chris Wicks, <laughs> you fell right through that. <laughs> With their hostility. <laughs> so much hostility. In my head, it was just like the newsreels. Grizz, you have some good ones. Uh, Do I? Yeah. Do you like Catherine Hepburn? <laughs> <laughs> Norman. The moon's Norman. Rally, I do. Rally. <laughs> oh, man. Seriously, dear. I don't know how you're going to get that plane off of the ground. <laughs> Take my wheezing out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! I've got tears in my I, eyes. I mean, I do a mean Michigan J Frog, but that's more a song. Sing the song. You actually want me to? It does say on Twitter that you burst into song randomly. I this feel like we true. have to capture hello, this. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. <laughs> hello, my ragtime gal. Send me a kiss, my wife. Baby, my heart's on fire. If you refuse me, honey, you'll lose me. Then you'll be left alone. Oh, baby, come on and tell me I'm your own. Excellent. Like with the hat and the well cane and done. everything. It was a good job. <laughs> Add a monocle and some peanuts, boy. You really got something. <laughs> Grizz, I think you have some like Muppets in there, don't you? No, probably not. You got a Muppet. What about the guy who cooks? 
You want me to defend all of Sweden right here and now? Yes, it's the time. Your time has come. <laughs> it's the time. Shimdi, shimdi, boom, shkidikti, boo. Mirdo, Bork, bork, bork. <laughs> you can't crop this out. You know that, right? Oh, my God. Oh, there's some mad editing that has to go into this episode. There is so much editing. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> bork, bork. I bark, bark, bark. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, well, this was fantastic. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for coming on our show. Yes. You have saved this episode. Oh, it's wonderful. No. <laughs> Hopefully you'll come back and see us again. I hope so, too. <laughs> It's promo time. Good afternoon, listeners. Fenwald Griswick coming to you live from the battlefield. And by battlefield, I mean my apartment. And by live, I mean recorded. Our presenting sponsor this week, Tabletop Loot, has just released a brand new charitable offering on their website called The Gift of Knowledge. Now, I'm so excited about this that I couldn't wait for my co-host to get back from their LARP. The Gift of Knowledge is not like other things you can buy on their website, like dice, dice towers, dice cups, and dice shirts. It does not provide you with a physical set of dice. Instead, it sends a donation of dice to an after-school RPG club in a school somewhere around the nation. This is an outreach that could potentially help kids stay off the streets while encouraging them to embrace their creativity in a way that only tabletop gaming can do. If you'd like to help out, there's two ways to participate. First, you can help by going to www.tabletoploot.com right now and purchasing a gift of knowledge. Second, you can help by going onto social media and helping to recruit people to our cause. And finally, you can help by contacting the Tabletop Loot email address posted in the Gift of Knowledge section of their website and letting them know about a potential school slash tabletop club in your area that may need support. And for those of you who are saying, A, this ad isn't funny, and B, you said two ways to help and there's three ways to help, boom, that was the joke. Ha, you burnt. Go to tabletoploot.com today to help us make better teenagers. Tabletop loot, loot for every table. And now, back to our show. Tea time! It is, in fact, time for tea. Yes. Tea time. TK, you're going uh. down. <laughs> I don't remember. TK, did you win last time? I don't remember. I don't think I don't so. I don't remember either. I don't... We don't I keep don't track remember. around here. I think we were working as a team last time. That's why I don't remember. <laughs> we can be friends. We're going to be on a team. <laughs> we can be friends <laughs> until, you know... Until you're Until. in the tomb of horrors, and it's like, yep, we're not friends anymore. You're fucking going down. <laughs> no, my character is so overpowered for tomb of horrors, it's incredible. <laughs> like, if he dies, I'd be so surprised. Like, I tried very hard to make this character the most impressive character I've ever made. And he's crazy. He's a Duro, so that's hilarious. <laughs> It actually comes with a chart for the DM, and they have to roll <laughs> on the chart for my character to do random crazy things throughout the campaign. That's interesting. <laughs> That's yes. going to be fun, considering, you know, it's a Tomb of Horrors that I'm running, and I'm already crazy. <laughs> yeah, I did a, a Duro for Daquin's campaign, actually. He did a horror game, and he made me do, like, the weirdest things, and it was really 
really sad and crazy all at the same time. <laughs> I love it. So tea time. I'm in. I'm ready. I'm back. TK gets me all excited and I talk about random things. I'm sorry. <laughs> Understandable. That's why we brought him in. <laughs> and so now it's tea time. Tea time. The segment where we check the so-called facts from the underside of a popular beverage tea brand who shall remain nameless. Your options will be true, false, or huh? I will ask questions and then give you an opportunity to answer. Here we go. Snapcap fact number 1344. Marine animals swim by moving their tails up and down, while fish swim by moving their tails left and right. True. What moves their tails up and down? Marine animals. True. Both true? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And the answer is false. I hate my life. Why? <laughs> why is it false, Grizz? Tell me why. <laughs> there are dozens of bottom-feeding fish who lie flat on the ocean floor for camouflage reasons and for you know sabotage reasons, where you know their prey wanders over top of them and then they just shoot up and grab it. Uh, and as a result, in order to lie on the bottom of the floor, the ocean floor, uh, they have evolved tails that move up and down. Um, a good example of that is the plays, which is uh, one of these bottom-feeding bottom, bottom feeding fish um, from the Greek platus, meaning broad. Hmm. And in vengeance, I'm now going to buy some Gordon's fish sticks. <laughs> <laughs> you, yes, but you have to eat them left to right. Jeez, I haven't had those in a long time. For those of you who are curious, I will mm. link to a YouTube video where you can watch the most hideous fish you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it will be in the hey. description below. <laughs> Thank you to Waterwolf Underwater Cameras, by the way. They have this very interesting tiny camera that can go on the end of your fishing line. And so there is now a new crop of brand new uh, videos out there of underwater fishing where you can actually watch the fish eat the bait, which is very, at least from a scientific standpoint, fascinating. I want this, but I want to put it on a magnet. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Oh, I knew you'd come to my side. <laughs> because magnet One fishing is so much One fun. <laughs> well, when I first saw this camera, I thought to myself, if I could get some sort of underwater RC car, I could just drive up and down the bottom of the river and find the guns that way. How much easier would that be? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are, there are RC subs, so... Yes, exactly. I knew you'd understand. Snapcap fact number 814. Tug of war was an Olympic sport in the early 1900s. Uh, I'm going to say true because the Olympics are weird. <laughs> um, I'm going to say true. Okay. And the answer is true. Yay! Hey. DK, we did something. <laughs> we got one right. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> From 1900 to 1920, uh, so that begins in Paris and ends in Antwerp, uh, they had tug of war in the Olympics. Um, the United States in 1904 won all three medals, gold, silver, and bronze, uh, in that particular event. Uh, for what it's worth, tug-of-war is incredibly dangerous, and so it is actually quite rare to see a tug-of-war match nowadays, um, specifically because under certain conditions, uh, the, a, you know, having so much force on either end of a rope, if one side lets go, the other side of the rope can actually become uh, more or less a guillotine for your fingers. 
1997, two men lost their left arms during a tug-of-war contest that had more than 1,600 participants in Taiwan. In 2007, two Colorado boys severed their hands during a tug-of-war game between senior Jeez. and junior football players. And on February the 5th, 2013, that was five years ago for those of you who are counting, two teens at South El Monte High School had their fingers severed uh, when the rope between them and their opponents broke. Do these kids not know how to play tug of war? Use gloves. (laughs) I mean, we did that when I was in the Navy. It was just screwing around. We had had a giant hemp rope and, you know, you wore gloves (laughs) because... You don't want to lose a freaking finger. Now I want to make a game that is just a tug-of-war simulator. <laughs> Dude, that you could totally sell that on Steam. People would buy it. It's like, what is this? It's addicting. I'm playing tug-of-war on the computer. <laughs> I could picture that being for Wii, honestly. One of the highest-selling games ever on Steam is Toast Simulator, where literally a piece of bread wandered around doing nothing. So, you know. <laughs> you, no way. Really? Yes, you absolutely could sell. I saw uh, that. Tug of War Simulator. That, that would ever. work. Oh my goodness. I wonder how many viewers play that game. If you play Toe Simulator, just uh, at Thread Raiders Toe Simulator. <laughs> so we can count all of you. <laughs> <laughs> we want to know. Snapcap fact number 1474. The spiral shapes of sunflowers follow the Fibonacci sequence. Fibonacci, what's that? I feel like if I tell you, that gives it to you. Oh, numerically increasing. TK with all right, Fibonacci. But the Fibonacci sequence is named after Italian mathematician Leonardo Bonacci of Pisa, who was known colloquially as Fibonacci. In the year twelve o two, he wrote a book called Liber Abaci, um, which was an argument that instead of using the Roman numeral system, that uh, the world should begin using the Hindu Arabic numeral system, which we use today. Uh, the problem being that when you use Roman numerals like IX and IV, you can't actually do any math with those. IX plus IV, you, you know, there's no way to actually add two hours later. Each integer in the sequence is the sum of its predecessors, beginning with zero and one. So zero plus one is one, one plus one is two, one plus two is three, two plus three is five, three plus five is eight, and so on. As the sequence goes on forever, uh, the beginning numbers are 0, 1, 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, 13, 21, 34, 55, 89, 144, etc. Um, and actually, it starts to get quite out of control. Position number 30 is uh, 514,000. Uh, position 40 is 63 million. And position 50 is over 7.7 billion. So it, it grows exponentially quite quickly after that. Wow. <laughs> Like, I'm just having flashbacks to my calculus <laughs> final from high school. My teacher's like, if you can write out the first 40 uh, sequences, the Fibonacci sequence without your calculator, you're out of the final. <laughs> that would be amazing, though, if you had some sort of photographic memory and could pull that so off. So what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> the spiral shapes of sunflowers follow the Fibonacci True. sequence. I'm going to say f- <laughs> False. See, now the way he said all right made me feel like I should be false. <laughs> now I don't know. I'm confused. Huh? <laughs> Ooh, uh-huh. Do you want to go, huh? Yeah. Huh? And the answer's false. Son of a... <laughs> <laughs> I, TK, you did something again. I blame that on knowing a 
I, I know biology. And just thinking back to my biochem class where we had to dissect flowers. Like, I don't remember anyone ever mentioning that in any of my classes in college or high school. And I knew people who were, like, obsessed with sunflowers. So luckily for all of us, I just spent an hour describing the Fibonacci sequence. However, <laughs> what I failed to mention, one of the myths that has been established is that uh, sunflowers, uh, if you count the uh, middle bits, the, the florets is what they're called, inside the head of a sunflower, um, and you go out in a spiral fashion, you will actually come up with one of the numbers on a Fibonacci sequence. So for instance, if you start with the with the middle floret and you work in a counterclockwise fashion spiraling outwards you'll get to the number 34 or 55 on a small sunflower 55 or 89 on a medium sunflower or 89 and 144 on a large sunflower the royal society of open <laughs> science this was not an easy one to describe i'm so sorry you're probably people are changing the channel everywhere it's awful the Don't Royal the Society on Open the Science go on. <laughs> collected <laughs> photographs of 657 flowers, and they they counted all the florets. We have to know. And it turns out that one in every oh, no. five flowers does not have a Fibonacci sequence of numbered florets. We made it. What really sucks about all of this uh. is that I have to keep going because... <laughs> I, in my spare time, am also a mathematician, and I have invented the anti-Fibonacci sequence. But this guy from Indiana University, his name, his name is Doug Hofstetter, and he is the namesake of uh, the guy from the Big Bang Theory, Leonard Hofstetter. Mm -hmm. And the son of a bitch thinks that he came up with the anti-Fibonacci sequence, but he didn't because oh. he's wrong. <laughs> his pyramidal tree is a farce all right and let me just say that my fibonacci sequence begins with four and six and goes exactly like a regular fibonacci sequence and instead of going odd odd even like the fibonacci sequence mine goes just evens and it Tell also really feel gris. the anti-fibonacci sequence that i came up oh, with no, if gris. you turn it into a helix it's exactly identical to it's the okay. fibonacci helix except it's turned 76 it's okay. degrees Oh, it's all right. So what you're saying is I need to go find this guy and uh, you know, he and I should have a discussion. <laughs> and then, Chris is currently curled up in a ball You right want now. to retract that paper, don't you? <laughs> like, and then after a discussion, he'll recognize that you're the superior mind here and that he's wrong. I forgot to mention this at the top of the show, but TK is also a mathematical enforcer. <laughs> oh. I mean, I'm, I'm getting a D20 tattooed on myself, so you know, people wonder, well, what gives you the right? I got the license right on my leg. It's a D20. See, that's a nat 20. Yeah, that's right. It means I always crit. <laughs> Snapcap fact number 131. Yes, there's more to the show. We weren't done yet. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Penguins have an organ above their eyes that converts seawater to freshwater. Why would anyone want that ability? <laughs> it's their superpower, maybe. I mean, it, don't make it cute, because you know I'll vote for it. I'm going to say true? Because it seems like something that the weird biology of penguins would have. Those weird cute birds. like it. I'm going to say false. <laughs> don't let, let me be right, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and false. the answer is false. Nah, no organ eyes. <laughs> How are you? 
just <laughs> you said no organ eyes. It's like you're you're trying to prove there's nothing there, so you're like ripping its eye out. See, there's no organ here. Is it looking back at itself? See, no organ. <laughs> So this is one of those persnickety moments in our snap caps. Um, so it says specifically that converts salt water to fresh water. And that is incorrect. Penguins, as do many seabirds, um, do have a gland that is directly behind their eyes. And that gland is called a supraorbital gland. And its job is to remove salt from the blood, not from water. Um, I want you to think of it specifically as like a highly specific kidney uh, whose sole job is to remove salt from the system. Um, without it, obviously, any seabird, which, you know, all they do all day long is eat fish out of the salt water, their body would become just racked with brine and they would not be able to uh, function at all. They would just die. Um, so it is very important that they have something that can remove that salt. Um, for those of you who are wondering, the reason why it's behind the eye is because in order to get rid of the brine, uh, they have to sneeze it out. So it, it literally drips out like snot. <laughs> so, Ew. like the, the whole thing of salty tears, I mean. Yes, they have salty snot. <laughs> it's like, well, penguins, uh, next time I need tears for my players, I know where the hell I'm sending them. <laughs> Long story short, never grab a bird by the bill. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds very innuendo y. Like... <laughs> well, welcome to the show. <laughs> Snapcat fact number 935 Newborn babies cannot cry tears for at least three weeks. Oh. Oh, that's so cute. They're all dried up. <laughs> I, I, I believe that they have crusty tears i don't think they i think that's true Is voting true they don't have tiny tear ducks yet because okay. they're all dry they're so cute <laughs> i'm i'm gonna say true as well i don't know much about the physiology of babies but i'm just thinking that some orc somewhere's making baby jerky <laughs> <laughs> all right no that's dark but we'll go with it <laughs> <laughs> Dark. And the answer is true. <laughs> <laughs> See, they're crusty. Tanya Remmer Altman is the editor of uh, The Wonder Years, helping your baby and young child successfully negotiate the major developmental milestones. And in her book, she says, quote, most babies start crying tears around two weeks of age, uh, but some, some can take longer, which means that the snap cap fact is correct. Yay. As written. Um, for those of you who might have uh, uh, small children, um, it, it can actually take as long as two months. So uh, don't panic if you're not getting any tears, uh, you know, a month into it or whatever. That's, that's perfectly normal. Aww. Yes. Snapcat fact number 346. The medical term for writer's cramp is graphospasm. Hmm. It sounds, it sounds it medically... Sounds right. Yeah. But that, I'm just thinking, like, that's graphing paper. Like, I I feel like it could be. I guess go, I'll go true. I'll try it. It sounds right. I'm not a doctor or anything. Though I do have medical equipment, but I'll say true. <laughs> 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 it's for making jerky. <laughs> <laughs> one, you know, one time, you know, you might know, girl. Over. Next thing you know, you got jerky equipment. You're like, what were the... F Where'd, the, where, where'd, where'd this come from? Why are why are the cops here looking for you, Mr. Ogre? You know what? I'm going to need you to leave, sir. Not sign up for this. If you don't want medical <laughs> equipment in your life, don't go to a yard sale. 
So that's two trues? Yep. Yep. All right. We're in it to win it. The answer is true. Yay. So first of all, um, on the cap itself, uh, the word writers is spelt with an apostrophe. It should not have an apostrophe. It should be just writers, all one word. Um, and I looked that up in the Chicago and Associated Press manuals of style. So uh, don't tweet at me. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's it's identical to Writer's Workshop, <laughs> Writer's Strike, don't Writer's Guild, Writer's me. Room, That's Writer's right. Market, etc., etc. No apostrophe. Anyway, very boring. I'm moving on. So there are multiple <laughs> names for graphospasm, and many of them appear in medical journals. I'm going to give you five. Uh, the most popular out of all of them is mogigraphia, uh, and that appears to be the preferred uh, word. However, graphospasm did appear in a book uh, from 1999 uh, called The Lexicon of Orthopedic Etymology by Mohammed Diab. Um, in addition to that, Scrivener's palsy, chorea scriptum, and paralysis notarium uh, are all appropriate uh, words for writer's cramp. They also sound like spells from Harry Potter. Mm, That's right. It does. I'm going to turn that into a spell now for D&D. What does it do? It keeps you from using your hands. <laughs> <laughs> you have to use your feet for everything. Learn how to fight with your feet, fighters. <laughs> and finally, Snapcat fact number 902. Barbie's full name is Barbara Millicent Roberts. I, I feel like I should know this because I just I watched a thing on Barbie on Hulu the other day. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I, I don't sleep much. <laughs> I understood. The Dreamhouse one? Is it that? No, it was uh, The History of Barbie and Ken. Oh, there's history. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it started with the toys that made us, and then I got kind of on a toy kick. I was like, oh, toy thing. I didn't even know she had a full name. Well, maybe she doesn't. Dun, dun, dun. Like, like, why wouldn't they use the whole name anywhere? Well, who created Barbie? Did Barbie create Barbie? Maybe that's her name. Uh, the Mattel company created Barbie. It's false. <laughs> I've decided it's false. All right. TK, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to... I cannot remember much of what I watched. But I'm gonna say false because I think it, like her last name would be something like you know, Barbie-ish. Like you know, you never like, hear. Millicent is a middle name, and it's not even from your name of naming the company. No. Unless, <laughs> it, it really sounds like they were trying to do like a Disney thing. Like her real name's Maleficent, but uh, we're just gonna call her Millicent because, you know, guys, we need a middle name here, and uh, we can't call her Maleficent because Disney will own our asses. Who's the person who owns the company who made Barbie? His name is Luke Mattel. See, did he have a daughter named Millicent? What the hell do I know? <laughs> I was not the one who watched the, the documentary. No, TK. <laughs> the problem with watching it, I don't remember much of it other than like the creation and all the fun stuff on this is why we did this thing to Barbie and this is why these Barbies can never be sold in the U.S. <laughs> Direct actually... your questions to the appropriate pupil. Thank you. <laughs> Well, we made our answers. Yeah. And the answer is true. Son of a... Why? Who would name Barbie that? That's a rough name. So, we have to go back to the 1960s. Uh, Random House published a series of teen novels in the 1960s that were about Barbie. And they have become canon for the Barbie world. Uh, of which there is an active group of people, let me tell you. Um, and so, uh, Barbie's entire lineage has been uh, uh, flushed out. Uh, 
in the books, uh, Barbie's parents refer to her specifically as Barbara. Um, and the parents' names are George and Margaret Rollins Robert. And so that's where we get the last name of Roberts from. In one of the novels, uh, Barbie reveals that she gets her middle name from her mother's sister. And her mother's sister's name is Millicent. So there you go. Barbara so you Millicent had Roberts. Be, it had to be a connection. Yep. Damn. I, I really feel like they were like, we need a name. Like, we're going we're gonna to make millions off this toy. We're never going to tell anyone what her full name is. These will not sell as well. So the final score. <gasps> we have a tie. Yay! <laughs> four to four. CA and TK, you both if win. If it was anyone else, I'd be upset. <laughs> it's TK, so I'm okay. I'd be like, be like, all right, pull out one more one more cap from Nameless Bottle Company that makes tea that won't sponsor the Thread Raiders. <laughs> I can't risk it. We're on a very tight budget. We have exactly 300 episodes to get through and that many caps. <laughs> <laughs> we have plenty of caps, trust me. This part of time. I have the perfect box thing. The perfect box. <laughs> I have the perfect box That's thing. That's quite a brag. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And for last minute box thing. Mm. This, this I'm is, intrigued. I get paid to do IT work. My real job is just I make D&D shit five hours a day when I'm not in meetings. <laughs> All right. Here we go. As the morning sun streams through the rising putrid fog emanating from the graves of the cemetery... A creeping feeling encourages you to get going. The teleportation box that you just found at the foot of an open grave is as cumbersome as it is fascinating. You close up the box, rack it to the pack on the back of Molly the Yak, and quickly put more distance between you and any prying eyes. Far away from the cemetery, you and Molly make camp in a small, peaceful grove. At first, Molly is restless, having recently spent the better part of a day lounging in a tranquilizer-induced stupor. But you pour her a heaping bowl of warm tea, her favorite flavor, rhubarb and moss, and she quiets right down. You reach into her bottomless pack and pull out your invisible baby mimic. You put him on the ground and he wanders about. You can tell the mimic is happy by the otherwise mysterious trouncing of grass and various wildflowers. <laughs> now, to study the teleportation box. You open the box, expecting to find a portal back to the cemetery, only to find that it leads you instead to another location, a familiar location. You stand in shocked disbelief as you peer through the portal and spy the interior of the Pelscar guardhouse. A surly lieutenant with a massive, blood-stained sword stands towering above two halves of an intrepid, recently deceased omnivore and yells at several lower-ranking guards. Which one of you sons of bitches thought a badger would be a good mascot? <laughs> you close the box. You open the box. You see a burned-out cabin in Garrett's thicket. The local constables are examining the yak-stomped remains of a shady thief that had been hastily crammed into a hollow log. Oid on a minute, are his oof prints on his face? <laughs> you close the box. You open the box. A golf ball rolls down the 19th hole of a miniature golf course, through the portal and past your right leg onto the grass. An eight-year-old protests. Hey, that's not fair. You close the box. You open the box. A steep rocky valley. You close the box. You open the box. A dusty cave. You close the box. You open the box. 
an intersection full of wrapping paper. You close the box. You open the box. Ah, finally, some progress. Your newest Vista is clearly inside the Sally Slayer supply shop. Sally Slayer is soaking in the shower. Sally, (laughs) Sally, you shout. Sally Slayer sees your shocking visage and shrieks. Slipping yourself into a house coat, Sally says, Say, what's the ruckus? I'm shifting some supplies, you stammer, slipping six dozen crafts of yak's milk through the box and into Sally's sauna. Molly tips over from the sudden loss of weight and flails about wildly as she tries to reorient herself. How's my yak? Swell. Salutations, says Sally as you salute. You close the box. You open the box. Aldsburg Library. You close the box. You open the box. Nana's living room. After all those years, you finally found your retainer. <laughs> you close the box. You open the box. But suddenly... <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> something goes awry. A puff of smoke emits from the rear of the device, and you smell the unmistakable odor of overused technology. Clearly, you have abused this box in ways that are unconscionable. Though the portal is flickering, you spy a row of lockers. You recognize this last location as your old high school. The kids are different, but the lockers, which are, for all intents and purposes, a series of squished boxes tipped on their sides, are unmistakable. One of the kids opens his locker, which is made of metal, and adorned with a notice to appear in detention. In the locker, you spot a valuable object. Just as the teleporter box gives its last, you reach through the distortion of space and time, pluck the item out of the locker, and return to your camp, sending the students scurrying away with a collective shriek. My question for you is this. What's in the box? Well, I feel like we have to open it and close it a few times. <laughs> just like, you know, five or six more times just to be sure, uh, you know. Here, you open it and I'll close it. <laughs> Eventually the box is going to bite. <laughs> this story hasn't been going on long enough for you to open and close the box more times. I steal the baby mimic. <laughs> <laughs> it knows it's mama. It's me. <laughs> so you spotted, we have established on this podcast that baby mimics are invisible. So you spotted an invisible mimic living in this kid's locker? <laughs> yes. And snatched it up and brought it over? Yes. All right. You're not worried about a breeding possibility? <laughs> no, I'm hoping for one. <laughs> Yay. Baby mimic merchant, that's your plan for life? Uh, it's the mimic queen. Have you not heard this story? <laughs> no, what's a, what's a mick queen? Is that like TK, a mick rib? Explain the mimic queen uh, to poor Grizzly. Uh, many, many moons ago. Let's see, and I first met. She mentioned, I was making a D&D character up, and she mentioned the mimic queen, and I statted out said mimic queen for CA. It is the queen of all mimics who controls them, kind of like a, a telepathic link. Like the alien queen, but so much more badass because she can summon all mimics and as a legendary action can turn other creatures into mimics. Understood. You have to make sure to include this in the podcast now because the world must know <laughs> of my mimicry. I'm even having art drawn up for it. I'm very excited. And a lot of people are catching on. I'm super excited about that, too. And I, I hope to one day add the Mimic Queen to either a campaign or a one shot I do one day. I'm very excited. I'm going to call you Mick Q for short. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on the Nowhere Nowhere Nerds podcast, they call me Stevie Steve Cubed. <laughs> there you go. I have so many names. 
I love those guys. <laughs> yeah, me too. All right, TK, what's in your box? So when you mentioned the innuendo queen, I pulled out the old monster manual I'm writing up. For, I had to flip through all the pages to like page 60. Uh, what TK, I... you have to tell Griswicks what the innuendo queen is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, the many, many moons, moons ago. ago. <laughs> <laughs> the innuendo <laughs> queen is the queen of all innuendos. Who I another creature I started out for CA and also made a crap ton of magical armor for, which got used in her recent uh, stream. <laughs> she pretty much is the queen of innuendos. She can turn anything into an innuendo. Yes. So dirty. Which you can see on Twitter at all times. <laughs> In my world, the purely by queen, accident. The <laughs> now they statted it. <laughs> the innuendo queen in my D and D world created Twitter for the the D and D verse. <laughs> the players legit use it during the game. It's hilarious. So you have to add this segment into the podcast so that the world knows about the <laughs> innuendo queen. <laughs> and everything she uses is obviously has an innuendo. So her weapons were motivational sticks. Yep, that is what I find in the box. Both the left and right hand motivational sticks bound together with the belt of innuendo. Which I beat down this virtual grandmother with the other day. It was fascinating. It was a good time. <laughs> All right, There's TK. so much to process here. What's in your box? <laughs> he just told you they're innuendo sticks. Yep, really? The, the motivation stick left and right bound together by the belt of innuendo, which uh, they always will return to if ever lost. Yes. All right. So first question, with a stick. how do I tell the <laughs> left stick from the right stick? Are, are, is there something etched on them that explains <laughs> which hand goes with which? It's like one of those kids' clay things that just has your handprint on it. Yeah. You just align oh, accordingly. The, the left stick won't feel right in the right hand. The left stick won't feel right in the right hand, nor will the right stick feel right in the left hand. Understood. <laughs> So now let me ask you this. Let's say I did switch them. Do they become clarity sticks? No, then uh, they, just, they just get this confused look and you're like, why is it vibrating like that? That shouldn't happen. Is it like with Ron Weasley's wand where when you try to fire it, it backfires on you and then you get thrown backwards? Oh, no, they never, the, they never hit the person who's using them. But uh, if anyone ever tries taking them, it does damage them and then they fall prey if they can't pass a charisma check to... Being infatuated with the wielder of the Inuinio stick for three rounds of combat. Not only that, but everything that they hear sounds sexy to them. Yeah, Ooh, that's what the belt does. <laughs> and uh, the left one does piercing, the right one does bludgeoning. Ooh, that's cool. So I assume that the tops then, they must be different because one side's got to have a blade and then the other one has what kind of top is on like a mace or... No, it, it looks like a... A friend of mine created one out of, of a buffer weapon of it. it. It just looks like a giant dildo. Oh. There you go. <laughs> he's like, he's like, this podcast is rated R. <laughs> <laughs> and now real quick, I just, I need to make sure. So Mick Q and in Q, um, <laughs> is there any sort of canon there that we're violating by describing these sticks in the wrong way? No. Okay, I just wanted to check. <laughs> there are like, you know how if you mess up the the canon from Star Wars, like people will come out of the woodwork to yell at you. I wanted to make sure that this wasn't one of those situations where uh, people were going to tweet me later and be like, "Oh, that's not what the stick looks like." No, these motivational sticks were actually um, based off of a true story. 
about <laughs> TK has his own motivational stick. <laughs> yeah, but mine was mine was uh, a that he uses sword. at his office. <laughs> I saw a commercial one time where this guy was like straddled between two tree branches and there was like this old wrinkled uh, a Chinese master who was underneath <laughs> of him and he, w- and he kept slapping him in the leg with a twig and he was like, more, higher. You know? <laughs> and I totally picture TK like that with these motivational sticks in his office saying, type faster. What are you doing? Uh, I had a, my old office above my whiteboard, I had a Kempo sword bamboo sword hanging there and it said uh right below it was a sign somebody had made me that said in case of motivational needs break glass but there was no glass (laughs) (laughs) but they he took uh cardboard or some kind of cork board or something and cut it to look like glass and put it over the nice so it was like the glass is already broken so i can just reach up and pull it down (laughs) (laughs) what you need is a sign that says this sword broke my back. What's it going to do to you? <laughs> I'll save that for my new office. For I'm still trying to convince my boss to let me budget in getting a giant raptor head. That's management thinking, okay? <laughs> when you want that job, that's how you're going to go get it. <laughs> CA, what's in your box? In the box, you find a corset. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. As you would take to school, you know, to brag hey, to your friends. what if you're gothic? You don't know. Look what I got into last night. <laughs> and then everyone's just confused. Like, what, what did you get into? I, I don't understand. I like how a motivational stick's okay, but of course that's a no-go. <laughs> a locker. <laughs> what kind of material is the, is the corset made out of? Leather. Is it? It is. That's much better than what I thought it was going to be. you're welcome (laughs) is it studded leather or just regular leather studded leather uh does it have any sort of attachments for garters it does have attachments okay is it lace up up front or is it button it's lace up in the back uh any strappies or is it uh, a halter top halter top this is fun i'm not getting any credit for knowing all this stuff about corsets i can't believe it but you also see some tubing like when you look on the inside of the corset that goes up um around the the bazaar of course there is you sick bitch (laughs) (laughs) our rating is getting even worse by the second (laughs) we're rated r not safe for work too pay no attention to the tubes that run underneath of anything This might turn into the weirdest episode of what the fuck did we just listen to in my life? Does the corset grant you any sort of uh, like benefits or buffs? It does grant you benefits. Are they tube related buffs? Because I'm willing to skip them. Oh my god! Are you gonna put the corset on? <laughs> I tell you what, I've been working out. I've been doing yeah. uh, I've been doing the push-ups every day. I got some pecs now. Sure, I'm in. Okay, all right. Yes, I'm standing in the wilderness with a yak, an invisible rock, and a corset. And a motivational stick. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? So, TK, do you have a mug on you? I always have a mug on me. Are you thirsty? I am... I know what comes out of that corset. I'm always, I, I'm always thirsty for that. God, please don't milk me. TK, please don't milk me. TK, if you ever want to be on this podcast again, you will not milk me. TK, we have a yak for this. 
I see TK coming for me. I start trying to yank off the corset. I'm trying to reach behind me for the straps. I can't even continue my This podcast is rated X. Everything happens so fast. For brief moments of S&M... <laughs> and sexual role reversal. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. My sides hurt so much right now. Oh, that was great. The renal failure is real. Oh. I declare um, you, I declare CA the winner. <laughs> it's <yes>. too <laughs> It's too far past the safe word not to acknowledge. So, congratulations, you've done it. For those who are listening, <laughs> because we never actually get to what the objects do in the end, we're just like, that's nice. <laughs> so, this particular corset um, has the finest mead inside and can restore health to all party members. <laughs> 2D10 HP per bug. Oh, mead. Yes. So many objects that grant liquid. <laughs> <laughs> Last week it was a tea kettle. This week it's lingerie. <laughs> Very important. It is today. We are having a birthday stream at 9 p.m. Yay! It's my birthday today. <laughs> Yay. Happy birthday, CA. Happy birthday, CA. <laughs> so to celebrate, I am going to do a birthday drinking stream. <laughs> At 9 p.m. Eastern. I haven't picked the game yet, and TK's invited. I just didn't tell him about it till now. Surprise! <laughs> You're going to play Toast Simulator for five yes. hours. It's going to be magnificent. Well, I tried playing a drinking game with the Frozen game. That's the Disney Frozen that, that came out for free. Oh, that sounds awful. Yeah, every time I would win a level, I would do a drink, but that escalated very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't picked a game yet, but you should all come out and hang out. It will be on the Thread Raiders channel, so it should be a good time. And if TK, are you going to join me, TK? Yep. I have nothing planned this Friday. Yes. So I'm exciting. Uh, Daquan might make it out as well. And whoever else wants to hang out can hang out too. Um, we'll let you know the game on Twitter. Keep you updated. In all fairness, the Thread Raiders are more concerned with what you're going to eat on this stream as opposed to what you're going to yes, drink. That's, you made a very good point, I Grizz. Did. Okay. So we do have some items I'm going to be eating live if you would all like to come see during the, <laughs> the drunken stream. I do have, a, it, it's really weird. It's pizza in a bag that I found at the store. <laughs> Wait a minute. You mean like dehydrated pizza? It, yeah, in a bag. Is so it, I purchased it. Is it like <laughs> chips? Like tortilla chips? No, it's all, it's like jerky. That's weird. It's so weird. And that's when you why say I have found, you live. mean in your car? For all of like, my wh- viewers, what are we talking I have to do here? this. Well, you should stay tuned and come see us tonight. Yes. <laughs> 9 p.m. Eastern. Watch me eat this. I'm clearing my calendar as we speak. <laughs> and also, uh, a follower sent me deep dish pizza chips. So I'll be eating that as well. So don't miss out. <laughs> <laughs> the important thing here is we've secretly gone to Back to the Future because CA has a tiny dehydrated pizzas. I'd share, but everyone lives far away. So. <laughs> 
All right, Sunday, we're doing something else, uh, the Fallout stream. Yes, uh, so every Sunday now, I'm actually in a campaign uh, for Fallout RPG. Uh, this RPG was created by Spilled Ale Studios. We'll put the link uh, below the podcast here. You can click on it. Uh, that will be on Sundays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, but it's on Savrick's channel. So uh, to find them on Twitch, it's S-A-E-V-R-I-C-K. And uh, come hang out with us. Have a good time. We're doing uh, a dice giveaway. Uh, so go to Savrick's page. Uh, if you retweet it, you get your name entered into there. And then during the stream, we'll announce who that is, who won. And then TK... We have Tomb of Horrors on September 28th. Yes, I cannot wait for that because it is not... I'm a homebrew specialist, so I took the Tomb of Horrors and I added my own zany little things to it, such as uh, I made props. (laughs) Yes! I love props! We have the Wheel of Horror and the Punch Cards of Horror. Oh, I'm so excited. And it's a carnival theme too, right? Yes, it is carnival themed. It is the Carnival of Horrors, and I'm even going to see if I can get like a top hat or something to wear. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. You should make one. Yes, and now it's called the Tomb of Funnel Cake. So, a brand new <laughs> thing. It's like you've never even seen it before. <laughs> so, that will be September 28th. Um, the stream will begin at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, and that will be on the Thread Readers Twitch channel. Uh, so, November 3rd through the 4th, we're doing a 24-hour stream uh, to help raise money for extralife.org. Uh, that's extra-life.org, um, which is an organization that raises money for children's hospitals uh, across the United States. Uh, even if it's not us, you can donate through anybody who you like. Um, all of those donations go to help kids in need. So, uh, And for our 24-hour stream, we're doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, we've got multiple Thread Raiders who will be you know, on at all hours of the night. Yeah, we have Thread Raiders from all of the world who are going to be participating in this, so we're really excited about it. We just started forming the schedule, actually. Uh, we're going to be trying some new stuff to kind of keep it exciting. <clears throat> I'm going to be DMing a game with uh, Daquin. Uh, we're going to be doing dueling DMs where it's actually two um, different interpretations of how people DM. So Daquin likes to do horror themes, and I am going to make it super cutesy. So we're going to switch back and forth. So it should add this really creative aspect to it. And it's like an Alice in Wonderland theme. Nice. So it's going to be very crazy. I'm thinking about adding like a sanity meter in there. Should be a really good time. That's awesome. I know uh, Joy Dire Foxycorn. Uh, she is going to be doing a Honey Heist game with an Elder Scrolls theme. Nerds from Nowhere is going to be doing a podcast. They're going to have a special guest. So stay tuned for that. Chaotic Good is also going to be joining us with Nazoo, one of my favorite people on Twitter. Uh, their group is going to be coming to hang out with us to help us raise money. And we have um, That's So Maddie. He's going to be coming back with uh, the famous Emerald City Knights, which he's been doing on the stream on the Thread Raiders channel. He will be there as well. Um, Maxine's going to be doing some streaming. She's got a lot of, in fact, she's going to be doing it all night. She's going to be DMing all kinds of games. And then on Sunday, so this actually expanded. This was originally just one day, if you notice. It's now a whole weekend. I'm so excited. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yes. It is now going to be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, On Sunday, I'll be doing a tabletop loot stream 
where Tabletop Loot's going to be doing a lot of giveaways. We're going to have like a kind of like a wheel that spins and we're going to, you know, you get 50% off your order or maybe you get a free set of dice. So definitely come hang out for all of that. Give us your support. We love to have you and be a part of everything that we do. So in that case, it's going to be November 2nd to the 4th because that's the Friday. Correct. Mm-hmm. And all the donations go directly to Children's Hospital. And I will be awake for the entire thing. Yes, TK and I are the ones who are filling in all the gaps in between. And I actually have a special thing just for him. I, we're going to be doing a one-man dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> I've called it the Kilt Crusader, where TK will try to survive. <laughs> and I will be indeed wearing a kilt. For like six hours through a dungeon. No, <laughs> maybe not that long. Bring your innuendo sticks. <laughs> And your meat corsets. <laughs> I always carry my new stick with me. I mean, it's kind of attached. So, <laughs> so a lot of fun stuff. We'll be putting up the schedule shortly. Um, well, yeah, let's so hope that that goes well, because 28 days later, the two of you are going to uh, PAX Unplugged. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Where Chaotic Anarchy finally gets to meet TK for the first time in person. <laughs> and I'm going to try getting a GoPro. So we can videotape <laughs> when the world, like the world rips open and alternate versions of ourselves come out. And you're like, what happened? <laughs> and CA, I'm going to get you uh, one of those dog collars that we talked about in last week's tea time well, that has like the studs so that this one's wife doesn't bite you in the oh, neck yeah. and turn you into anything <laughs> that it would be inappropriate. I mean, I feel like it's welcomed. <laughs> it's more like a love I bite. need you here on this podcast and I need you not undead. <laughs> We'll just have to stream at night. That's all. Unfortunately, <laughs> Mandy will not be able to make it. She has work that Sunday and has uh, plans with her mom to begin holiday baking. Aww. All of humanity can rest easy. However, people can still see Mandy, right? She's been doing some streaming lately. Yes. Uh, lately, she hasn't been feeling up to it because she's mm-hmm. not been feeling well because this is freaking flu season. But she does stream, uh, and will soon be streaming, all of the Assassin's Creed games, 100% completions, as well as the newest one, uh, Odyssey, which I pre-ordered for her, the the Super Gold Edition with all the DLCs and stuff. And then That's awesome. After, that is cool. I got it from Ubisoft, because Amazon was like $40 more, and Ubisoft sent me a thing. It's like, oh yeah, three days before the game comes out, here's a beta key. Yeah, Griswix loves that game too. Yeah, big uh, Assassin's Creed fan, uh, mm-hmm. especially like the early ones before they started going crazy. So yes, you should all come out and hang out with TK and I. I'm I don't think I'll stop hugging him the entire time. I'm just, <laughs> I cannot believe we're gonna meet for the first time, and he's bringing me Mr. Pib. It's like a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna eat tacos together and pizza, not in a bag. It's gonna be fabulous. <laughs> also, there there will be uh, I will be as I promised. I'll be wearing a kilt and a cowboy hat, and I'll be sitting a lot. So, <laughs> so that will be November thirtieth to the second. And also, Acquisitions Incorporated will be there, and I love them. Uh, Chris Perkins, uh, for those who don't know, actually DMs a game called Acquisitions Incorporated. Grizz and I are a huge fan of it. Yeah. Uh, so if you haven't seen it, you can find the episodes on YouTube. Uh, check them out, and then you can come watch it with us. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to our show. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, first of all, I want to thank TK for being our guest host this week. You have been an awesome guest host. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been fun. Yay! Uh, so I talked about Canthos88 on Twitter. What are your other... Uh, you've got a bunch of properties, right? What else? Where else are can they find you? Uh, He's everywhere. I'm Twitter, Canthos88 on Discord. 
You can find me as Kento's88. Also on Xbox and PS4. You can find me there, Kento's88. <laughs> she said, I'm everywhere. <laughs> I also want to thank Walk Virus Gaming, who was our interview this week. Guy rocks. He's a, he's a blast. So check him out and all of his properties, which you can find in the description below, as well as all the other links from this show, including all of the news, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and finally, thank you to Tabletop Loot, our steadfast sponsor. Uh, for those of you who go to Tabletop Loot, if you need any dice or other D and D related apparel, um, you can use the code Thread Raiders in the uh, in the shop in order to get a discount. And for those of you who are interested in the Thread Raiders, you can find us online at threadraiders.com where we have links to all of our social media properties, including Facebook, Instagram, etc. Et